Menno Middle got you down? Crush your sugar cravings with delicious, all-natural Bossa Bars from Menopause, created to help women manage weight loss and energy during the pause. Try them at bossabars.com and save 10% every time with code KD10. Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women who are unafraid to age out loud. We are midway through May, which means two things. Graduation season is catapulting students out of the nest and into the world, and we are a few short weeks away from summer travel kicking into high gear. Today's guest is a woman who's going to help us think through where to travel and how to reinvent as we become empty nesters or crave a second act. Suzanne Stavert is a travel writer, host of the podcast Travel Connections, and is the founder of a blog which grew into a business called Adventures of Empty Nesters. If you love to travel, want off-the-beaten-path ideas for your next trip, or are craving inspiration for turning a passion into a second, third, or fourth act career, stick around. This show is for you. Welcome, Suzanne. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What a lovely introduction. I love it. Oh, thank you. I'm really excited. This is such a fun topic. I got to cover it last summer when I had a an, uh, a travel writer come on the show as well. But I wanted to focus on empty nesting. And when I went in search of um, somebody on this topic, your website caught my eye. And I thought, this is such a fun marriage. You know, it's this idea of having this this extra time as our kids fly the nest and and what are we doing with it? And, and you really did what many people dream about when they think about empty nesting. You took a passion. You took, um, you know, what you were most passionate about and turned it into a new career. So I would love for you to just maybe do some stage setting. When uh, did you launch Adventures of Empty Nesters? I launched it in 2014, and it really stemmed from the fact that I was sad and I didn't quite know what to do. My kids were gone and my husband was traveling and I started writing about it. So I initially really wrote about the empty nest and the realities and the excitement of the empty nest. And then once you aren't tethered to your children's schedules and you have this kind of newfound freedom, we started traveling a lot more. And so I started writing about it. And then I ended up working with travel brands and travel destinations and a new career was born. That's and I am so having fun. a blast. I, I, I bet. So this was not something that when you started, you you didn't say to yourself, okay, I'm creating a, a, a second act empty nest job. This really just grew out right. of, a, of a passion. It did. Absolutely. And it's been so much fun. I've kind of, what I've done is I've let, I've let the sales kind of take me. You know, I've, I move left if something happens. I move right if something else happens or comes towards me or I talked with someone new and they, they offer something new and interesting. I'm always interested to find adventure. And this has really been an amazing experience for me. And personally and developmentally, it's been great. Who knew you could learn things later in life? My goodness. (laughs) I love that spirit. So do you feel like you had to become an empty nester to to make this happen? Did did getting to midlife play any kind of role in in your your willingness to become an entrepreneur and try new things? Could you have done it earlier or did you have to get to this moment in time? That's a really good question. I think I had to get to this point because I was a passionate 
you know, mother and wife and volunteer. And I was so busy with so many things. And then when that goes away, you have this kind of empty place in your life and you need to fill it. And so many people are so miserable. And honestly, I was pretty miserable when my daughter left. She was the first one and my kids are five years apart. And I cried almost every day, sometime during the day. And finally, my husband said, Suzanne, she didn't die. She went to college and <laughs> right. she's she's having a blast. You did your job. So I, I kind of, I agreed and I said, you're right. And then our son only went to UCLA, which was only an hour away, but still I was super sad and a little lost. And this really helped me figure it out. And honestly, um, I, I have never had so much fun. And now with the podcast, um, I am learning new things and talking with new people and, got COVID behind me and I am ready to go. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're going to, we're going to come to that in a minute. Cause I do want to, you know, get your, um, you know, intel on where we should be traveling and how the pandemic affected that. And now that we're getting sure. back to it, but before we go there, cause that is such sure. a big topic. Uh, what advice would you give to a listener who's sitting here thinking, you know, I, I've got my call, you know, my kids flying the coop, um, you know, graduations upon us. I'm going to have more time. I'm looking at that emptiness. Maybe I'm looking at that sadness. If they want to take uh, a passion or a side hustle and maybe turn it into their day job, what are a few really tactical steps that you think they should take to get going? Well, you know, it's interesting. I even wrote a little ebook. It's about 25 pages. It's on Amazon called How to Find Adventure in the Empty Nest. And really my goal was to help people kind of almost make a list, make a list of things that make you happy. What lights you up? You know, you're so focused on your children and your family. Sometimes, and I'm speaking for women right now, um, they get lost and they're like, well, I don't even know what I like. I've had friends say that to me. I don't even know what I like. I like whatever my kids are doing. And I think that that's what people need to do. I don't necessarily advocate going to get a new career, but I do advocate doing research, trying new things. Who cares if you fail? I think that people are afraid of failing different things. We've all failed at one time or another. And my advice is to try it. If you like it, if you're a knitter, if you're a crafter, if you're a writer, if you have this innate passion for something, try it. Absolutely. Because you never know. You never know. And I, and I love that you said that you don't have to reinvent as a new career. You know, you don't no. have to become an entrepreneur. And no. I, um, I think that's such a smart thing to say because there's, there's so many different ways to be happy. There is no one right path. Uh, mm -hmm. No one's requiring you to go out and, and get a new job or launch a business, but you can become passionate about um, becoming creative or maybe learning a new skill or being of service, you know, volunteering. Mm -hmm. There's so many different ways to get in action. And, and what you said about some of the women in your own life sort of saying, I've forgotten what lights me up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, listeners who've been tuning in over the last couple weeks might remember that I talked to Eve Rodsky, who wrote a book called Find Your Unicorn Space, How to Reclaim Your Creative Life in a Too Busy World. And if anyone's sitting here thinking, you know, I really need to figure out how to reclaim what lights me up, I recommend going back and listening to that podcast episode. I recommend, you know, maybe getting her book out, listening to it as an audiobook um, as you walk around, because there are a lot of great recommendations about reconnecting to, to what lights you up. Um, 
So that's such a great suggestion, Suzanne, that people sort of inventory their own life. If somebody yeah. is thinking, though, you know, Suzanne has this incredible job, like, and I've always wanted to maybe launch a culinary business or open, a woman in my town just opened up a cupcake shop, you know, which <laughs> feels so fun. So for women who are thinking, you know, I really do want to be an entrepreneur, um, and you, you shared there was a bit of a learning curve. You know, you had to probably Google a lot of stuff. You had to learn a podcast. What are one or two things that you did, um, you know, to, to acquire new skills that you think have made a difference for you in growing your own business? Ooh, that's a big question. Um, I think you have to be open. I think sometimes people think they know everything, and I don't believe that I do. And I ask a lot of questions and I go searching for the answers. I had not the first clue about how to create a podcast. And I started Googling and finding there are so many people that are so kind and and are experts in their field and are so willing to share their knowledge. It's incredible. And so that's what I did is I started going out, getting an education in not so much in travel, but in, in the podcast world in, in particular. And I asked a lot of questions. I went to conferences. I watched videos. I read, I'm a big reader. I read an awful lot. And so I did read a lot of books, took a lot of notes. And then I started trying things and a lot of them clicked. Some of them didn't. And that's what I recommend. Yeah, you got to really immerse yourself, and it's it's you never do. it's never been easier today to acquire new knowledge. Sometimes, you know, I uh, in my day job I do a lot of career coaching, and sometimes people will say that you know we talk about ageism and fears about being relevant and marketable. And mm -hmm. my coaching is that you know it's up to us to stay relevant and marketable, and it's never been easier to acquire new skills. You can get on um, e-learning courses. There are sites like Coursera or Udemy. There's LinkedIn Learning. You can acquire mm -hmm. new skills pretty easily if you just, if you keep on keeping on. Suzanne, we're going to head into a quick commercial break, but when we come back, I want to switch gears and talk about travel and to ask you if travel is back after the pandemic. We've all seen red light facial masks all over Instagram and beauty spas and dermatologists' offices. But did you know red light technology can also rejuvenate your pelvic floor, not just your face? As we age and lose estrogen, our skin, vagina, and intimate tissues get dry. The result? Painful sex, more UTIs, and increased bladder leakage. I've experienced all three. And let me tell you, they are zero fun. And it doesn't have to be this way. Meet Joy Lux, a sexual health and wellness company founded by women for women. Joy Lux offers a red light home use device called VFIT to rejuvenate your pelvic floor. This revolutionary device promotes vaginal wellness, natural lubrication, improves strength and sensation, and increases confidence, all from the privacy of home at a fraction of the cost of in-office options. Get your confidence back. Reconnect with your partner take charge of your intimate health. Who doesn't want easy-to-use at-home care? Sign me up and spread the word. Joylux has an exclusive code for certain age listeners. Take $50 off the VFIT with code KATIE50. That's K-A-T-I-E-5-0 for $50 off. Head to joylux.com for the love of your V. Suzanne, we're back from the break. We had a crazy two years with a pandemic. What are you seeing? What can we expect for summer? Is travel back? Yes, it is back. 
I am happy to report. I did actually a lot of traveling during the pandemic. I was in between moving from Southern California to the Seattle area because my daughter was giving birth to twins, which is a whole nother podcast episode. <laughs> I'm sure. But, <laughs> but um, so I have really been on the ground floor watching the whole thing evolve. And I just returned. I flew in yesterday from Los Angeles and the airports were packed. Um, I just read in the Wall Street Journal that you know, they were worried if people were going to wonder how they felt about uh, wearing a mask on a plane and all of that. And they're not finding people having a problem with it. What I saw myself is a little mixture of people wearing them, people not wearing them. I felt comfortable. I think the people around me felt comfortable. I felt a positivity in the air. The um, the business really did die down, obviously, during those two years, and that was really hard for me. And that's why I did pivot to the to the podcast to try to support an industry that was really very quiet. Yeah. And what I'm now seeing is I'm getting a lot more inquiries and a lot more people reaching out because they're figuring out people do want to get out there and go. And I'm loving watching Instagram and I'm seeing fellow writers and friends and they're traveling and they're excited and they're sharing. And it's great. It's just, it's, it's just a wonderful feeling. It feels so wonderful. And I'm just going to jump in to say that I just returned recently from a trip to Scotland to visit my daughter who goes to university there. <sighs> and I'm going to echo that. You know, the airports were full. It was felt so amazing to be traveling. I felt very safe. You know, there was a lot of mm – -hmm. there's still COVID um, protocols in places. And, you know, so you, you can – uh, travel with a degree of of, of uh, safety and comfort, and it felt so fun to be in a different place and and just experiencing new things again. I will say, international travel still requires more hoops to jump through because they're still yes. testing before you get back into the the country. But it's definitely worth it. So, if somebody is willing to jump through those hoops right now, you know what is on your list about uh, mm. you know for an international summer travel plan that you might do, you know, as sort of an intergenerational group, you know, if you wanted to bring your, you know, your kids who are now older, what are destinations that are good for groups right. that you can recommend? Well, immediately I think of Italy. I've done several multi-generational trips where my mother went, my kids went, my husband and I went, and we all traveled together. And a lot of people are renting homes as opposed to getting individual hotel rooms. I think it's a wonderful way to reconnect with people by living in the same space. Uh, that That is just wonderful. Hawaii, Maui, oh my gosh. Just just getting back over there again just felt so good. And I do know friends that are renting condos. Some are renting hotel rooms also. I think Maui is great. I think a lot of people are going to uh, the state parks. Yep. You know, uh, the state parks, the national parks. Holy cow. National parks are just bursting with people. I'm, I'm actually going to three of them um, in the next couple of months. I'm going to Glacier National Park in Montana, I'm going to Yellowstone, and what's the third one? The Grand Teton National Park, and that's in Montana. So people are looking for wide open spaces too, which is kind of a whole nother topic.
Yeah, you know, I think everything that you just suggested to this notion of renting a house also, while it's so like convivial and cozy and fun to do to reconnect with family, it's also pretty COVID friendly, you know, because you're yeah. you're 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 just have a smaller pool of people that you're interacting with in, in a hospital, you know, than in a hotel. And it's also true of what you shared with the national parks. I think those really boomed because people feel mm-hmm. safe being outside. So let's just like if we want something romantic, you know, if we mm-hmm. are you know, intergenerational travel is amazing. There's there's room for that. But if we're looking to be kid free, uh, what would you recommend to somebody who's looking uh, for some you know midlife romance? Well, <laughs> I'll tell you. I'm going to give a little plug to my Pacific Northwest friends. Um, I have discovered Whidbey Island, and Whidbey Island is about 30 minutes north of Seattle, and it is charming. And it it is quiet, but it's not so quiet that you're bored. There's beautiful places to to hike and bike and do all these fun things, plus fantastic restaurants, fantastic shopping, um, really quaint hotels to stay in. I'm really a big fan of the Northwest, and I think it's a great kind of in-between big city and national park kind of feeling, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think Car- Carmel in California is an excellent place to go for a romantic getaway. Big Sur, um, goodness, that's on the, all on the West Coast. My friend um, uh, Lisa just got back from Big Sur. She did one of these glamping trips, and oh, she did. Did she, she like it? Oh, she adored it. I'll have to find where she stayed and put it in the show notes. It's this this wonderfully romantic, gigantic kind of oversized otherworldly tent that you're in and it was oh, wow. like almost like a domed tent it was super cool so there's there's so many wonderful travel options and i noticed by looking at the some of the recent podcast episodes that you've done that you really focus on these sort of different types of trips mm-hmm. that people can take mm-hmm. you mentioned active travel i know you're a fan of culinary tours but the equestrian travel caught my eye what's that all about Ooh. well that's so fun so um, I had Laura Fernandez, who is a VP at SXM Media. And that, so that would be like Sirius Radio, Pandora, Stitcher. But the fun part about her is we can talk podcasting and audio. Plus, she's an equestrian. And I, I think that's a really interesting niche of travel where there are a lot of people that ride horses. Maybe they do Western. Maybe they go to other kinds of shows. Now those people are going to kind of different destinations because it's more horse areas. And so she and I had a great conversation talking about where she goes, like the desert or Temecula. And now Temecula is a fun place that's in California. And that has wineries and kind of rural culinary kind of places to go. But the whole equestrian thing is a fun is a fun thought, I think. And it goes along with active travel. And when I, I I give active travel a big umbrella because I just think everyone wants to get out and do things. They're, they're less about shopping and uh, indoor things. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So what would active travel be? Is that like hiking, biking, all of the above? What, what do you, what can we look uh, Yeah, that's, that's my term. It'd be hiking, biking, anything outside anything that you're not just sitting around or sitting in a bus doing, you know, just observing. I think you're participating in active travel. And I think people of all ages want to be outside and breathe fresh air. I think there's this mental connection with 
safety and travel and fresh air and being outside. So I think that's going to stay around for a while. So that's definitely a trend. So what, what when you said this sort of experiential type of travel too, I mean, I think mm-hmm. that culinary tours go into that yeah. camp because I had the wonderful um, pleasure of traveling to uh, Abruzzo, Italy with a good friend of mine oh. who runs these sort of very small tours and I'll put her, her business into the show notes as well. But you've really got to have this sort of undiscovered taste of yeah. Italy. It's off the beaten track. The food is to die for. And we did a lot of stuff where we were involved. You know, we made pasta, which a lot of tours do. But we also yes. got to harvest saffron because we were there during oh, that's that time. fun. It was very fun. And it made me realize why saffron is so bloody expensive because it is not easy to harvest. Like you're, no, like, it's, not. it's super labor intensive and you have to be very careful as you, you very patiently remove the, the stamens from the, uh, from the flowers. So, right. you know, and it was, cool. it was such a treat to, to, you know, and we, we, I use saffron all the time because we make a lot of um, paella. My, my, it's mm. my husband's favorite thing to make. And oh, that's fun. I, yeah. And I have a new appreciation for what it goes into that ingredients that I would not have had had I hadn't traveled and had that experience. So what, what, what do you think people, you know, this is your passion. Obviously, you love to hop a plane and, and discover new things. But what right. do you think travel brings to people? Oh, my gosh. I think it fills your soul. Um, I... I think travel is about connecting with people. I do like learning things and and seeing the authenticity. Like in September, I went on another culinary tour with Tuscan Women Cook, and it is in the hills of Tuscany. And it was like the first time people were getting back into travel from from not traveling for so long. And they were so welcoming. And there was this connection and joy between cultures I can't, it's almost indescribable. And that's what travel does for me. It, it lights my, lights me up completely. And I think most people think that I think it's educational. I think it's freeing. I think it takes stress away. Um, there's a long list of, of lovely things that travel can do for you. And for you, it sounds like, you know, it really helps fill some of the sadness that you were experiencing as your children, um, you know, moved on and that, that uh, period of time of being an active, the active mothering, you know, we're always mothers that never goes away. This is true. Um, It doesn't go away. It never goes away. There's always the worry and the joy and the excitement and the connection, but that the the daily act of mothering where you're really involved with the day to day does, does uh, end as your kids move on and and move into their own homes. For listeners who are uh, perhaps not mothers, you know, who so they're, they're, sure. they don't, they don't have an empty nest, but they do uh, have a desire to experience the world, and they might not have um, maybe a family or partner to travel with. What are, what are some recommendations about being a solo female traveler? What are good trips? Are there companies to work with? Are there watchouts? Or what is your recommendation? Yes, and that's an excellent question. I actually have a lot of readers for Adventures of Empty Nesters that are not, in fact, empty nesters. They are midlife people that are really doing many of the same things. They just don't have children. But as far as what a a single person or a couple can do, small group tours. I am a huge fan of small group tours. You wake up in the morning. Everything is laid out for you. You have someone educating you during the day. You you have someone else do the work for you. I was kind of not sure that was going to be my thing. Um, 
but I am a huge fan. International Culinary Tours goes to, I want to say, 10 or 12 different countries where she takes you a small group, meaning eight to 10, maybe. And you make friends. You don't have to be best friends, but it is such a lovely way to travel because you have this camaraderie between people. Colette Travel does amazing job. I've been on several tours with Colette. They do an amazing job. I've been to Iceland. I've been to Japan. I've been to, they do things here in the United States that are so lovely. They just do an excellent job. And so do you recommend that um, a female traveler work specifically with companies that work with um, women or, or does it not matter? I don't think it matters. No. I mean, there's some that that definitely cater to females, which I think is lovely. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think that's necessary. I think you should kind of decide on your destination and then kind of research from there because there are so many options out there. And I think you just have to do a little homework and then ask around. Ask around to your friends Where have you been? Have you heard of anyone who's taken a trip lately that's been spectacular? Go on Instagram and and put in a hashtag for a certain location or like small group tours. And you'd be surprised the information. Pinterest, hello. Yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It is such a great place to build, to build a board that you know, includes all of the things that you are personally looking for just by putting that in the search bar. Yeah, I love that tip because, you know, everything old is new again. And so yep. <laughs> if you want if you want to take a trip, somebody's taken it and you can learn a lot. Oh, from yeah. People. And I remember that when we when I first went to Italy, um, when my my youngest son is 14 now, but he was five and we went. So my mm. kids were probably like five, 10 and I don't know, 12. I'm making that up. But uh, Will was five, I remember, because he lost his tooth and he was very excited. And he got a euro from the tooth fairy. He was very worried the tooth fairy wouldn't find him. And I'm like, well, the tooth fairy only has euros here. So that's what you're getting. But, um, you know, we we actually literally, I'd read an article, I Googled, you know, family trips to Italy. I found a woman who wrote an article about her family trip. It sounded so amazing. I literally copied the entire thing. I stayed at the exact same places. We went to the same restaurant she recommended, and it was wonderful. And, you know, and it was like, you don't have to, you know, invent the wheel. There are people like you that are doing a lot of research. There are travel bloggers. There's Instagram. I have a file on my phone that says vacations. And whenever I'm on Instagram and I see a beautiful um, place that someone's posting from or a hotel that looks good, I just screenshot it and dump it into my um, Great idea. My vacation album, because that way I can, you know, my phone's a mess. Otherwise, I would never find it again. But I, I love that advice to, to um, you know, access the internet and see what other people mm-hmm. people are doing on there. Well, that's the beauty of travel writers and travel bloggers. It's so authentic. They've done it. I've touched it. I've done it. I've been there. I have videos. You can act if you want to know what it feels like to be on a Viking cruise go, you know, go read my article about it, you know, and you can watch my videos and say, oh, I wasn't sure I'd like that, but look at that. So I had, totally, but you know, Suzanne, I have just popped in my head. This is a real honest question. Do you think we should be trusting like TripAdvisor reviews and Yelp reviews? Because sometimes I'm reading (laughs) them and I can't decide if I should be like, Mm. what what is your professional (laughs) take on this question? My professional opinion is that I believe that some of those are paid for and you really want the authentic 
I don't know. I, that would not be the place. That is not the place I go. If okay. that gives you any indication on how valuable I find it. Gotcha. Um, it, it is not a place that I go. Okay. No. I love this notion of maybe finding somebody on social media or in your life, you know, who, yes. who's taking great trips and, and asking for their advice because, you know, yes. you, you could figure out, you know, um, who, who sort of travels like you. So um, quick question too. You mentioned your husband, your children. Do yes. you make the, all the travel decisions in your family? Does your husband get to weigh in? How does that work when you live with a professional oh. travel uh, writer, organizer, you know, uh, influencer, I guess? Does he, does, he, does he get to weigh in or is it all you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good question. I would say for the most part, it's me. But you know what? I'm, he tends to like what I like. But now if I'm invited somewhere, that's a whole different story. Then then he doesn't get a say so in that. But we do talk about it and we plan it out. So I've I've got most of my travel planned for 2022. I think there's some holes in it, but um, you know, he gets a say so, but he has been on some pretty awesome trips with me. So he doesn't complain. He thinks I do a good job. Okay. He he trusts you. And so, yes, so is he an empty nester as well? I mean, he's an empty nester with you, but is he is he retired? Is he um has no, he he's still a- working? He he he's in uh in high tech. So he he still travels a lot. And that was kind of what got me going, you know, years ago because he was doing so much business travel. He was grounded here for a couple of years, but now he's back out and visiting North and South America. And it's, it's, it's fun for him. I think it was time. <laughs> We've been spending a lot of time, quality oh my, time together. This is why, this is why we're all excited to travel. <laughs> we've, yes. all been, we've all been cooped up with our family. Okay. Yes. So, so, t- so tell me what's on your summer travel bucket list. Oh my goodness. Well, it's not even a bucket list. It's actually planned. So let's see. Um, I'm going to Camino Island, which is a, an island off the coast here, off Seattle. And I'm going to Napa Valley. I'm going to Montana, Wyoming. Um, uh, later in the year, I'm going back to Maui and to Ireland and Scotland. Oh so my gosh. that's that's what I have at least for now. And then things just pop up sometimes, you know, and we get now that we have this flexibility, we can do that. We can say, wait, can we go? We fit it in and we're like, yeah, let's do it. That's I never say no. I almost never say no. (laughs) Yes. Always take the trip. I posted that on social media the other day. I always take the trip because there's always a reason to say no to things, right? Correct. we have work, we have clients, you've got to, you know, wrangle COVID uh, tests. You know, you can you can put a lot of things in your way, but but you're never going to regret, um, you're never going to regret taking the trip. Nope. And so, you're so you're tired, sleep a little more when you get home. Exactly. Or just power through. That's how, you know, exactly. you, get, you just get another <laughs> cup of coffee. Um, exactly. All right, Suzanne, we're going to be moving into our speed round in just a minute. So this is- Oh my goodness. This okay. is nothing to be afraid of. It's just quick one, two word answers. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Launching my own business, Adventures of Empty Nesters, was delightful. Delightful. I love it. City vacation or country? Country now. I used to be city. We. But... I know. We changed. What we want changes. I know. I know. There's still some cities that I can't live without, but I'm. I'm going to go with country right now. Okay. What would be a city you can't live without? Tokyo. Oh, oh my Greatest gosh. Greatest city ever. Yes, yes. I lived in Japan. Okay. Best. Oh my gosh. That's I, so cool. It was amazing. I taught English after um, college, so I lived there for two years. <laughs> but this is not about me. This is about you. Okay. Right. Okay. okay. <laughs> best budget travel hack. 
Mm. Bring your own champagne. Ooh, I love it. Okay. (laughs) Favorite travel indulgence worth a splurge? Mm. Travel indulgence? Yes. What do you splurge Uh, on without guilt? Oh, what do I splurge on? I splurge on purses. Love it. Uh, Yes, hanging purses. Hanging, okay. Surprise. This super trendy hot destination disappointed me. Well, I don't like Las Vegas at all, I'm afraid. Okay. <laughs> Everyone else does. <laughs> but I, I I would say Las Vegas. I don't love it. Okay. All right. That works. But how about this one? Put this underrated destination on your list. Oh, my goodness. I will tell you, you will be shocked when I tell you. Shocked. I would say North Dakota. Wow. Okay. Why? It is awesome. I think that nobody, I, I don't think that's that's going to be the top of someone's destination list. And I found it charming and beautiful. And an, there was another national park there. There's so much history and Western history there. I just thought, found it absolutely charming. I love it. And if anyone is listening to the show from North Dakota, please DM me, tell us what we should be uh, including in the show notes to do in your 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 beautiful and underrated state. Okay. The country I could return to again and again. Italy. Yes. I'm, I, I'm here I've for been, that. I've been nine times so far. Oh, my gosh. Make a 10. You need it. All I right. know. I do. I do. I do. On my bucket list. Oh, Antarctica. Nice. Hands down. Nice, yeah. nice. All right. Finally, your one-word answer to complete the sentence. As I age, I feel. Invigorated. Nice. I love it. This has been so fun. You have gotten me excited. I I do not have all my summer or year-long travel plan, but you better believe I'm going to be spending some time on your Instagram and your website and coming up with ideas. (laughs) Thank you, Suzanne. This is really fun. Um, Uh, Before we say goodbye, though, how can uh, our listeners find you, your company, and learn more about your podcast? Well, first of all, come to adventuresofemptynesters.com. It's a real comprehensive website. Up at the top on the homepage, you can find my podcast, Travel Connections. Uh, on Instagram, my handle is at Suzanne Stavert. And I also have another one of at Adventures of Empty Nesters. I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn and on Pinterest. I'll put those all into the show notes. Thank you, Suzanne. You're welcome. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women who are aging without apology. Join me next Monday when I talk with an entrepreneur and women's walking evangelist, Joyce Shulman. Joyce is on a mission to get a million women walking. We dive into how lacing up your sneakers can help you better care for your body, mood, and mind. And before we say goodbye, I have a favor to ask. Please take a minute to rate or review A Certain Age over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. This is super easy to do. Just find A Certain Age on your podcast app, scroll down to the bottom, and tap on the stars to rate or leave a written review. Both matter because reviews and ratings help the show grow. Thank you. Your support means the world. Special thanks to Michael Mancini, who composed and produced our theme music. See you next time. And until then, age boldly, beauties. Beauties.